Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. It's level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morenci. And this is one of the things when you're a sports fan and you're a sports host, you got to live with it. You got to deal with it. You got to relive it. Right? Like, a lot of people, like, if you're a Bill fan or a Cowboy fan, you'll just go to sleep after. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Be like, all right, I don't, I don't want to watch it. I got to tell you, I haven't watched one single highlight of the Bills game. I have not seen one highlight. And. That's because every time it comes on, I just change the channel. I don't like. Uh, I don't need to see it. As soon as they and the Bills and the Bengals click, <laughs> I just move it. Like I'm pretty quick with that. Like I stay to the end of the game, obviously, and I was on with Pharrell. But after, like, I turned the channel when there was like six seconds left or whatever. Like I didn't even see them shake hands or anything after. Like it was like and five, four, three, click. I clicked it to the pregame show of the uh, the uh, the Niner game. It is what it is, not the end of the world. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If the biggest problem in your life is your favorite football team lost a game, then whatever. You know what I mean? Then if you're, you know, then you've got a pretty blessed life if that's really your biggest problem. But I understand as you get older, you take it more like, you know, in stride. I understand the anger and disappointment. It's disappointing, right? You build your hopes up all year for a Super Bowl and the Bills just can't freaking get there even, let alone win one. They can't get there. Right? They can't get there. They lost four Super Bowls in a row before. Now they can't get back. And, you know, similar to the Dallas Cowboys, they've had really good regular seasons and stuff, and it doesn't seem to matter. Right? They find different ways of losing. They'll blow a lead. They don't They come out flat. Home field doesn't seem to matter. Road, whatever. They just lose wherever. Like, it's just, it just is what it is. It just is. All right. So, listen, we've got Australian Open tennis going on right now. And... You know, I'm not in the best of gambling moods right now either. I took it on. the Listen, I, I didn't lose that much on the bills, actually. Like, I didn't load up, load up. It wasn't good. I'm not happy. I, you know, my account has less money than I started with. So that's not good. But at the same point in time, you know, I was scared of the Bengals. Last week, I knew they weren't going to lose to the Dolphins, right? It was one of those, like, I went big last week. This week, I was like, I don't know. I hope they win. They could win, but it's going to be close. And I think they will, but I'm not laying the points. I have them in teasers, money line parlays. You know what hurt me in the game was the fact that it went under. I played the in-game over. I was convinced. I hammered the over. That was my big thing. I was like, this game's going to go over, and it'll be close. And it didn't go over because the Bills' offense was terrible. Like, seriously? Ten points? Like, really? Dear God. 10 points. You got to score 10 points a quarter. And Stephon Diggs' little antics after. It gets old, bro. Like I said, I get it. You know what I mean? You're passionate. You got to just bitch to Josh Allen like where not everyone sees. 
sit down, cover your mouth, and say, you know, say what you want to say. You start waving your arms around, you just look like an idiot. The late night anger management class, this is Fortridge. I am Gable Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bustler, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. It's all over but the crying in Dallas. What's up, Fort Worth? 97.1, the freak. I feel your pain as a Buffalo Bill fan. We're, you know, we're in the same boat. And in fact, we haven't been back to the Super Bowl, what, since we played each other. So, you know, you know what I'm talking about here. Fact of the matter is, San Francisco, we're a better football team. Fact of the matter is, Cincinnati, we're a better football team. And the better team wins more often than not. There was no question. There was nothing to leave. Yet, listen, if Pollard doesn't get hurt, the Cowboys have a better chance. San Francisco was going to find a way, one way or another, to win this football game. And home field does matter at this time of the year right now, for the most part. You know, look, Kansas City won, Philadelphia won, San Francisco won, Cincinnati were the only road team uh, to win. And Cincinnati are going to be in tough against Kansas City next week. But Joe Calm, as we call him, you can't call Joe Burrow Joe Cool. Joe Montana is Joe Cool. But I'll tell you what, if anyone's Joe Cool, it's Brock Purdy. All right, because this kid's got freaking ice in his veins. But Shanahan, you know, we see in our chat right now, Niner fans are talking smack, and everyone, Eagle fans are talking smack. Nobody's won anything yet. Only one team wins in the end. So there'll only be one group of you left to talk smack when it's all said and done. So enjoy your smack talk while you can, right? Because your team is up next, son, right? Especially both 49er fan and Eagle fan are both pretty arrogant and cocky and think they're both like the greatest in the world. And, well, one of you is going home next week. Philadelphia Eagles, two-and-a-half-point favorites in this football game. Ian Cameron will join us in level three. We'll get his thoughts. Cincinnati Bengals get a point and a half. Joe Burrow, 3-0 and against the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has a high ankle sprain. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. Uh, while everyone's freaking out about the football, the Los Angeles Lakers came back from 25 points down in Portland tonight to beat the Blazers. Big news in the NHL. The Vancouver Canucks are being called out big time, and rightfully so, for the way that they handled and tortured Bruce Boudreau all week and season. Bruce Boudreau is out. Rick Talkett is in. This is sports rage. Vent your rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Halfback passes to the center. Back to the wing. Back to the center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. Halfback passes to center. Back to wing. Back to center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. I can't bear this any longer. I'm leaving. And Bruce Boudreaux has just left the building. The Vancouver Canucks, 
fire Bruce Boudreaux. The Canucks 18 and 25 on the season, 18, 25, and 3, 39 points. In the midst of a three-game losing streak, they're two and eight in their last ten. And something had to be done. I am Gabriel Morenci. Uh, we're throwing it down. We have a lot more football talk. We'll get into the NBA, college basketball, um, just as far as the Vancouver Canucks are concerned. So, yeah, Bruce Boudreaux, who is a very good coach. Bruce Boudreaux is a great coach, actually. Very, very good coach. Um, the Vancouver Canucks are are an egg, you know. They, they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of skill. They can put the puck in the net, Vancouver. Vancouver can score goals. The Vancouver Canucks can score goals. Their problem is they can't stop anybody else from scoring goals. They they play with a lack of physicality. They're soft. We'll just call it out for what it is. They're soft. And Bruce Boudreaux's a good guy. Everyone likes him, right? He looks like Humpty Dumpty and stuff. Uh, he's a big wrestling fan. You know what I mean? He's just like, he's just a normal dude that's a head coach. And the Vancouver Canucks had various press conferences and never, ever stood up and gave him a vote of confidence. And it was basically leaked a couple of weeks ago that they're going to eventually fire him and they're just lining, they were basically lining coaches up behind his back, except kind of openly, right? The hockey world is a small world and obviously he's going to find this out. So they're talking to coaches behind his back. Would you be interested? And you know what I mean? Would you know if we fire him? And they lined up Rick Tockett. And it leaked a couple of weeks ago that Rick Tockett would be the new coach of the Vancouver Canucks. And, you know, earlier in the week, Rutherford did a press conference. Jim Rutherford, longtime GM guy in the NHL. And the NHL's a big old boys network. And that's why Rick Tockett's the coach now. And, right? Rutherford shouldn't be running an NHL team anymore. The guy's like old. He's been around forever. He's too old school. I'm old school, but you can't be that old school. He's too old school. And, he, you know, Rutherford admits that uh, he apologizes. Yeah, whatever, dude. Uh, Canucks boss, sorry for being too honest. Canucks president Jim Rutherford apologized for how Bruce Boudreaux's firing was handled. Um, basically, and I talked about this earlier in the week. When Jim Rutherford, he did a presser on Monday, and he basically threw everybody under the bus, the, the, the president of the Canucks. He basically said the team is a disappointment, and they have a bunch of players that he didn't sign. <laughs> like, he couldn't have been, like, it was like he was talking to his, like, his friends or something. Like, and he didn't realize mics were running, right? He said, well, you know, we have a lot of dead contracts on our team that I didn't create. And he goes, I didn't sign. He goes, we have a lot of cap issues that aren't, it isn't easy to deal with. We have a lot of bad contracts on our team. So when you say that, everybody on the team knows like who they are, right? So he called out basically like five or seven guys right there. Uh, he talked about how the team doesn't play with a structure. Like he, you know, he basically you know, he rips everybody all the time, this guy. And if you're going to do it, just do it. Just fire the coach. So it got so bad the other day that Bruce Boudreaux, he's breaking down in press conferences and stuff. And Bruce Boudreaux was on the ice for the morning skate the other day. And his wife called him at the office, like at the arena, all panicked that he did. He, did he get fired? And he broke down because his wife was crying. And you know what I mean? You know, something had to be done, right? Like they had to fire him. The thing is... The gutless players on the Vancouver Canucks, they knew. Now, they can all say, oh, they don't like the way it was handled and stuff. Well, whatever. You freaking knew his job was on the line, and you played more gutless hockey than the Buffalo Bills played football today, right? You show up, you skate around like it's a freaking pickup game, and, and then you're surprised that you lose 5-2 again. Maybe if you fought for a puck, Right? Like, if you're a Buffalo Bill player today, maybe you look in the mirror and ask yourself, did I play as hard as I could have played today? And the Vancouver Canucks say the same thing. This is the thing in sport, right? You know, you always got to fire someone. We talked about it last week with the coordinators, this and that, whatever, right? It's the players, ultimately. I get it. You know, the coach, ooh, they got to fire somebody. Somebody's got to pay the price for this. So, but ultimately, it's the players, right? Like, the you know, like the Vancouver Canucks... Travis Green was the coach before, um, and Travis Green was too mean to them, 
the players didn't like him because he verbally abused them and he used to rip them in the media after games and say, oh, you know what, our power play sucks because our players suck, right? He threw the players under the bus too publicly, <laughs> which you can't really do. You got to rip the team privately, man. You can't do it publicly, right? Because then they'll just turn on you and they'll know that whatever, you're going to get fired anyways. I saw this firsthand with the Montreal Canadiens. I was the Canadiens post-game show, so the Canadiens used to fire coaches like, uh, you know, like Snoop Dogg rolls a, like uh, a blunt. Like, the Canadiens would fire a coach like there was like five games over 500 because the guy, the, the owner woke up in a bad mood. So, and I used to see it all the time. It was always the same thing. Oh, the coach is too mean to the players. You know what I mean? He said, oh, they don't like him because he's too mean to them. Uh, oh, you know what? He's not, not, you know, he's not mean enough. He, he's too much. And that was it. Travis Green was too mean. Bruce Boudreaux's too nice. Whatever. Maybe the players suck, right? Maybe the players suck. Maybe it's not like the coaches after all. Maybe it's just the players suck. Maybe it's because you've got a backup goalie that's starting in net right now for you and Spencer Martin, and he's a good kid, and he's playing his, his best, but he's a backup goalie, and you're making him play every night with bad defense in front of him. That's Whose fault is that? Is that Bruce Boudreaux's fault? No. Is it Bruce Boudreaux's fault that everyone on the Vancouver Canucks is, like, allergic to hitting somebody? No. Right? There's a lot of, you know, coach this, coach that. But you can't fight, you can't trade 23 guys, and that expression is true. You can't trade the whole team. Right? So, whatever. If the guy's on the team, like, so if everyone on the team knows that the coach is going to get fired, and they see this every day, and they show up and they lose at home every night 4-2 and 5-2 and 5-3 and whatever the hell every night, then whatever. You're not really doing much to try to fight for your coach's job, are you? You let it happen. So all you players on the Vancouver Canucks should be aware you cost Bruce Boudreaux his job. He didn't cost himself his job. Your lack of energy, your lack of effort, your patheticness cost him a job, basically. Let's just call it out for what it is. Now, you know, to wrap this up, from a betting perspective, whatever, it's kind of too bad because we really had something good going. Number one, the Vancouver Canucks are like automatic, like an automatic over. And I don't even like betting hockey overs, but their games always go over. It actually stayed under the other night. They got the six only. It was a rarity. But um, the Canucks over one and a half in the first period. Their games always go over one and a half in the first period, man. It's crazy. Like, I like to see the number overall, man. It's, it's like over the last like month, it's insane. It's almost like, nah, it's not going to happen again, but all right, let's put big money on it and see what happens. And it, and it always cashes. Now, I'll tell you one thing. Rick Talkett is a badass, right? This guy, he's like, he's the opposite of Boudreaux. This is going to be like boot camp 101 now suddenly. Rick Talkett's going to come in here and like threaten to kick the crap out of people. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like he's going to basically just give people dirty looks and they're going to get scared. Like Talkett is an intimidating presence. Bruce Boudreaux is not. So they went opposite now. Uh, I don't have a problem with it, actually. I don't know if talk is the right guy, but, you know, whatever. Hockey, they only hire the same people over and over. They don't, they don't take chances on people in the NHL. They just don't. If it was me, I'd, I'd hire a European dude. I'd think outside the box. The Canucks have a bunch of Euros on the team. They're sort of a Euro-style team. I would add a couple of grittier guys, but I would bring in a Euro coach. Like, seriously, I'd just bring in a Swedish coach. I'd say, you you know what? Play some weird style here for us. It'll confuse everyone in the NHL. Because <laughs> what we're doing doesn't work. And it's never worked. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. 
There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The Lakers came back from 25 uh, down uh, tonight in Portland. And uh, it was an historical night as far as the comeback was concerned. Listen, Thomas Bryant, man, this guy's balling, man. This guy was balling. There was like an epic put-back dunk late in the game. There really was. I'm not one of these whatever. All right, you know, you dunked. Okay, good for you. But it really was. It was a big-time dunk. It was a big time at the time of the game. And it was just like one of those, whoa. It was a wild atmosphere in that arena tonight. A lot of Laker fans, I'll tell you that, in Portland. But uh, get this, the Lakers are the first team to win a game in which they lost a quarter by 30 points since 1972. Like, they were getting smoked. And they came back. And not only did they come back and win, but they won, like, convincingly. Portland blow. Like, Portland, whatever. They, you know what I mean? They are, you know, the Blazers are the Blazers. So, it's not shocking. But, you know, I don't know. how the Lakers turn a corner? Do they have something going on right now? Big time win. You got to, you know, people kick the Lakers when they're down all the time, but you got to give them credit. That was uh, that was a big time win to come back from 25 down. Like I said, they're the first team to come uh, back after they lost a quarter by 30 or more points since the Boston Celtics did it in 1972 against, of course, the Buffalo Braves. Why wouldn't it be Buffalo? Why wouldn't it be Buffalo? The Buffalo Bills. You know, I'd like to, you know, have some sort of epic sort of rant and stuff like that about the Bills. I think I had got more spirited about the Canucks firing Boudreaux, to be honest. I'm sort of just sort of like, you know, like each fan base responds differently. You know, like Pittsburgh Steeler fan gets angry. Um, Eagle fan, you know what I mean? Like differently, you know, New Yorkers, everyone, you know, everyone handles it different. Like Buffalo, the city of Buffalo, it just gets depressing. Like, nobody's burning things down and stuff like that, right? But I just imagine, like, everywhere's empty right now. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like no one's on the street, no one's anywhere, everyone's at home depressed. And, you know, it's just sort of, it's just like, wow, that's how it ended? That's how it ended? I mean, there's no one really, you know... It really starts at the top, to be honest. And, let you know, it does. So let's start off with Sean McDermott. And, and Sean McDermott's game plan. Now, the Bills just played the Bengals a couple of weeks ago, and it's pretty clear that the Bills learned absolutely nothing from the experience. Because the Bengals, as we talked about it, they went up and down the field, scored a touchdown. The Bills got, a ball, got the ball, went down the field, got a field goal. The Bengals got the ball, were moving down the field, and then DeMar Hamlin collapsed. Then the game starts today, we're in the snow, and it was just like serious like tic-tac-toe the Bengals did whatever they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it if they wanted to run the ball they ran the ball successfully if they wanted to throw the football they threw the ball successfully like there was nothing that like the Bills did did anything to confuse stop hinder or come close to bothering Joe Burrow and there was so much talk throughout the week by people on the offensive line. And what did I say? I said, it doesn't matter. I said, I could be his offensive lineman, and he's going to make plays. But what did I say? Remember I said that to Jamie Eisenberg. I said, me and you could be his, uh, his, his old lineman. And I said it a bunch of times throughout the week. It didn't matter. Joe Burrow went to the Super Bowl last year with a subpar offensive line. Somebody, you know, was it? somebody brought it up. Like, what was the game? Didn't he get sacked nine times last year? Didn't he get sacked like nine times in the conference championship game and they still won? Uh, you know, like this kid, it's just, it's unbelievable. The thing is, there's everything is unbelievable now. Right? You mean, you got Patrick Mahomes, who's one of the best quarterbacks ever to play in the National Football League. 
You've got Joe Burrow, the unstoppable force, this kid that you know just has ice in his veins. You've got Mr. Irrelevant and Brock Purdy, who's one win away from like history here. There's a you know, and then you've got Jalen Hurts, who people really didn't believe in. And here he is, like playing MVP caliber football on the verge, one win away from a Super Bowl as well. Jalen Hurts, you know, Jalen Hurts was taken to be a backup. Like, they never, you know I mean? It wasn't like, oh, we're taking Jalen Hurts because he's going to be in the face of our franchise. They took Jalen Hurts because Carson Wentz got hurt a lot. And they figured, we need a backup quarterback for Carson Wentz. Let's draft Jalen Hurts, and we'll have a backup quarterback. Carson Wentz flipped out, did not handle it well. Right? He totally took it personal. And, you know, right from day one, right away, he took it personal. And the Philadelphia Eagles did not like Carson Wentz's attitude on how he took a backup quarterback being drafted. And then, inevitably, Carson Wentz got hurt, right? And he did get hurt. And it put Doug Peterson in a tough spot. Peterson liked Carson Wentz, right? I mean, they whatever, man. They, they, Carson, they won the Super Bowl that year. Carson Wentz played well. Nick Foles came in and just sort of piggybacked it to the finish line. But Carson Wentz won like 13 games or whatever for them, you know, to 11, 12 games, whatever the hell it was. He was playing good football. I mean, people thought, you know, the dilly-dilly crap and all that. They thought he was going to be the uh, the MVP, and right? And then the wheels just fell off. Carson Wentz sort of showed his colors. That was the problem. And I remember, like, he didn't, he didn't react to Jalen Hurts well. But also when they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, he tweeted a picture like the next day or something about, you know, got got my own ring or something. Like when he was getting married, it was, I don't know, it was just kind of awkward and stuff, right? And like I said, like Carson Wentz isn't known as being the best teammate. You know, there's a reason why he's bounced around and stuff, right? Like people, and it's weird too because people say, you know, he's not like a bad guy, like, but he rubs teammates the wrong way somehow. And and he makes a lot of money, and he's not that good. <laughs> so, you know, right? But anyways, so Jalen Hurts was sort of thrust into this. I mean, check the tape of how many people over the years said Jalen Hurts is, you know, Jalen Hurts this, you know, if Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. I always thought Jalen Hurts was good. I never had a problem with Jalen Hurts. I was surprised, like, just that um, – I was surprised that the Philadelphia Eagles, I was surprised that it unraveled as quickly as it did with Carson Wentz because I knew that like their plan wasn't that. And then it was like, well, Carson Wentz acted like a, you know, like a three-year-old child and really started acting worse and then always got hurt. And then they really weren't sure, even the Eagles weren't sure, right? Is Jalen Hurts our guy? Last year, Sirianni comes in, right? The offense kind of sputtered to start the year. You know, Jalen, they couldn't really figure it out and stuff. But now it's just clicking. thing is, Jalen Hurts has always been a winner. So I don't know why anyone would be surprised. Right? I mean, Jalen Hurts won football games in Alabama. Jalen Hurts won football games in Oklahoma. He's he's won everywhere he's been. He's a smaller dude. He's always thrown a good deep ball, too. Right? Like, that was the one thing that he used to do. Like, in, in college, he was pretty raw. He would try to do too much. But he was pretty raw, but, like, um, remember in college, he was good at the old rollout bomb, right? <laughs> Throwing on the run and stuff like that. He's got a strong arm. So, I mean, the kid's really strong, right? I'm sure you've seen the video of him. Like, he was the strongest kid on Oklahoma. He, like, beat the lineman in, like, a squat type thing. Like, he's strong as hell, this kid. So, he's thick, he's strong, he's strong, and he's quick. And He's got a cannon for an arm. They worked on his accuracy, um, a lot, and he's really improved his accuracy. He's a load to deal with. And you got Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, that, you know, this is one guy too, man, that, you know, I caught on early. I was like, you know what? This is like Tom Brady all over. This guy's like, this is really going to turn into Tom Brady, isn't it? And Kurt Warner's been like on his bandwagon. You just sort of get that feel. It's like, wow, Mr. Irrelevant really is going to go to the Super Bowl here. He keeps on, you know, answering every test. Now they're one win away. This is going to be extremely tough for San Francisco, though. 
you know, I said the same thing during the regular season about Philadelphia. Wow, they play a cupcake schedule, and how good are they really? Well, they're pretty good. And, you know, you don't really, it's one of those deals, you don't have to be the best team in the league. You just have to be better than the team you're playing that day. And I don't like quoting Lou Holtz, because I don't like Lou Holtz, but um, Lou Holtz said that, like, when Notre Dame won the championship when he was the coach in 89. They didn't have the best schedule, but they, they went undefeated. And they said, Coach, are you guys really the best team in the country? You know, some people question your schedule. And he had a good answer. He said, I don't know if we're the best team in the country. But he goes, I know that we were better than every team that we played. <laughs> right? <laughs> he goes, I know that we were better than every team that we played and we didn't lose a game. So, so it doesn't really matter if we're the best team in the country because we just won the championship. Uh, it is true, right? Like, you don't, you know, you just need to beat the team that you're playing. But I guess what I'm getting at, this Final Four is loaded. Right? You know what I mean? Like, you're going to get to the Super Bowl? You got to earn it, man. Whoever's getting to the Super Bowl, you got to earn this one. Like, San Francisco, going into Philadelphia, you're going to earn it. Philadelphia, you beat the Niners, you're going to have to earn it. Right? Cincinnati, man, you've beaten Mahomes three times. You know he's, like, uh, just waiting for you. But, but, Patrick Mahomes and that injury, to me, is a concern. Yeah, he got through the game, and I imagine, I don't know for a fact, I imagine he got shot up, right? So I imagine he took the shot, the old cortisone, and he popped a couple of whatever whatever they gave him, and he got back out there. He doesn't need to practice really this week or anything like that, and I imagine they're just going to load him up again next week, but not just the mobility, but he could have a problem planting his foot. This is sports rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Nobody wants to hear the nonsensical ravings of a loudmouth malcontent. The Late Night Anger Management class continues. I am the Late Night Anger Management class professor. Uh, we got Australian Open. Gabriel Moranzi, I am. Sirius XM Channel 159 Sports Grid Radio Networks. Ian Cameron and Cape Abandon will join us at level three. We've got uh, Australian Open Tennis going on uh, right now. Rune and Rublev. And um, Rublev is up two sets to one, but Rune is winning 5-3 right now, so we could be looking at a fifth set coming up. Matthias, did you bet on this match between the fifth-ranked Rublev and the ninth-ranked Rune? Who do you got here? 
I sure did, Gabe. I sure did. And you know what? I got in on Rune uh, before this set actually started at plus 270 when he was down a set. So I'm actually running wild and hoping that he takes this set right now. And then he goes into the fifth and steals it from Rublev, who does turn and falter in these five-set thrillers, you know. He sometimes gets in his head, and Rublev starts to deteriorate in these types of matches. Rune has really impressed me in this tournament, Gabe. He hasn't had an easy, you know, an easy way to this point. And he, he has defied some odds and, and played some really great tennis. So I'm hoping that this young man keeps it going. Yeah, right now, uh, Rublev and uh, Rune, as I stated, they're in the fourth uh, set. And... Um... This one, I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't bet on, actually. I was going to take J.J. Wolf over Ben Shelton. And um, he won the first set, 7-6. Ben Shelton won the uh, won the second uh, set, 6-2. Then J.J. Wolf won the third set, 7-6. This is another one where I'm kicking myself. I was going to take J.J. Wolf, and I was going to bet on the over, Matthias. But... As a Buffalo Bill fan, I was a little rattled. <laughs> like after, like you know, like the Bills game ended, and I was like, well, and I just sort of I put the cowboy cowboy niner bets in, and that was that. After I was just sort of in shock, um, but I sort of knew. I was like, man, I like JJ Wolf, and it'll probably be a longer. I should take the over here, uh, and I didn't. And now I'm kicking myself. But there's always in game. And uh, maybe I'll jump in. Who are you on here with J.J. Wolf and Ben Shelton? They're tied 2-2 right now in the fourth. Gabe, this is somewhere. This is where I'm kicking myself because I actually just took Shelton uh, about 25 minutes ago when it was uh, a pick em at like, around you know minus 114, and I, and I got in on Shelton. I've liked Shelton this week. I, you know, he made me some money in his previous match, so I'm kind of riding that wave. And what happens? He loses that tiebreaker the same way that he lost the first set, the first set tiebreaker. And, and Wolf looks strong right now. So I, I made the bad pick. I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt because, it, you know, Wolf is a guy who just looks uh, confident in there. It seems like Wolf has an edge on Shelton and knows his game, and he's kind of picking him apart late in these in these rallies. And I'm a little disappointed, man. I, I, now I kind of need this Rune pick to go through, and right now it's not looking good either because he just actually got broke. So Rublev has a, a chance to tie this set right now with the ball at five games apiece when when uh, when Rude had the chance to close it out. Bad news for yeah. you, Gabe. Bad news. Yeah, I don't want to do this to you, Matthias, but I think I'm going to just step in here on Rublev and J.J. Wolf parlay together. I don't have a choice. Let's see you what know, this Based pays, off what though. just happened in the, in the last two minutes, I feel like that's a great bet, Gabe. You know, in tennis, two minutes means a lot because a whole thing, a whole lot of things could change. Yeah, I got to restart my phone here too because the app, whatever. Right? You know, so God oh, knows God. what the number's going to be here. A lot is like you said, a lot of stuff going to happen. Come on, hurry up, stupid phone. I'll tell you what could happen: either Rune, Rune wins the set and we go to a fifth set, or Rublev ties it up and then Rublev has a chance to close this out because Rune's going to feel the pressure now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I like my shot with Rublev here, right? I got another set here in my back pocket, and I like J.J. Wolf, and I want to get in on it. So basically, if I, if I get in this, like, eventually here quickly, if my phone loads up here, um, I don't know. It'll probably be, like, minus 130 or something. It'll suck. But what do you think of uh, the Tommy Paul match coming up here? Roberto Batista, uh, good here, and uh, Tommy Paul. I'm done going against the Spaniard, Gabe. I, I, you know, I, I bet against him. In, in the in the previous tournament in Adelaide, and when he actually lost to Quan, so I was happy about it. But man, he he he's completely broken me this whole entire tournament. I think he's played great down the stretch. He, he's hitting the ball well, very accurate, very much in control. I, I think he takes this match, Gabe, against Tommy Paul. I don't want to overthink it, and I, and I'm done betting. He's an underdog. Him. He's plus one ten. I'm done betting against him, Gabe. I'm I'm going with the Spaniard, and and I and I feel good about it to tell you the truth. Uh, because literally, uh, I can't bet against him anymore, Gabe. And Tommy Paul's a good player. Don't get me wrong. You know, good, good, solid player. We'll get in rallies. But at the end of the day, the Spaniard's just more talented. He's won bigger matches. He's been here before. It just seems like it's his time, too, to go, as, you know, very far in this tournament. All right. I like your pick. Uh, I like taking a shot with the plus 110 here. No, of course. So now with this, they lock both of them. So I wait. I, I gotta get it. Both of both one. I got both matches. I'm trying to parlay together are locked. All right, come on, unlock this. Unlock this. So speaking well, of unlocking, 
Um, Jamal Hill unlocked Glover to, to share his face last night. He unlocked his skin and um, beat him to a bloody pulp, literally and figuratively, last night. That was an impressive win, man. I wondered. I was like, all right, this kid, can he go in there? Glover Teixeira is 43, but he finds a way. He fights younger than he is. It's a tough spot going into Brazil. Teixeira finds a way to get people down and submit them and just use his sort of, you know, fight IQ and experience. But Jamal Hill just overwhelmed him and literally dominated and beat the living crap out of him, to be honest. That's what happened. He just got, he got beaten to a pulp. Gabe, that fight was over the second that Jamal Hill was up, was able to get off of his back when Teixeira brought him down early in that fight. I thought that when Teixeira brought him down, I was like, okay, Teixeira's going to win this fight if he finishes it right now, meaning Jamal Hill has no idea how to get back to his feet, and it's just a bad matchup once you get down to that point of the fight. But he got up so quickly, and that's the yeah. worst thing that could have happened to Glover because you can't strike with Jamal Hill. I told you on Friday, that guy hits like a tank. And when Glover feels it, he's going to understand. And it wasn't even his hands, really. His hands did the work after the kick to the head, Gabe. He landed that kick to the head multiple times. And you know what? Glover blocked that kick to the head multiple times, and he still felt the kick, Gabe. He was still getting dropped even when he was blocking the kick. That's how powerful Jamal Hill is. You know, if he touches you, he has a chance to win any single fight. But it's really the grappling and and the, and the and the ability to get up from his feet that won him that fight, and and it was impressive because we really haven't seen that from him from him yet in his whole UFC career. So it was a special fight for him because it was complete domination. He rearranged his face, like you said. Yeah, and you know there was that little brief moment where it's like, okay, oh wait, wait, in the fifth round, oh wait, he's got him on, he's on top, and man, Hill just dismissed that quickly, which is that was impressive as well. Right, because like, like we said, Tixera is good on the ground, right? Like he's he's difficult to deal with, but he, you know, he didn't have any energy left. He was bleeding out, man. He was bleeding out. But hey, he went down on his sword at least. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he got beat by a younger fighter that was a better fighter. It is what it is. He went down. Uh, Marino gets it done again, and this settles this once and for all which was also pretty impressive because I had my doubts about it. That's why you can't overthink things sometimes, right, with the whole James Krause stuff and changing camps and seemed to be a lot of stuff going on with Marino, but didn't matter. He goes in there. He was a dominant performance as well. You know, Gabe, I thought he won the last fight as well when they fought, and that just put the signature, you know, and the cherry on top of the Sunday was his previous fight because he only got better from his last fight against Figueredo. You know, the, the judges gave it to Figueredo, but, you know, everybody was kind of stunned, including Moreno. That didn't falter him one bit because in this fight, he got taken down. It didn't matter. He, he, he took down Figueredo. He landed the shots. He landed powerful shots. He was accurate. And, he, and at the end of the day, you know, you, you saw Henry Cejudo, who's obviously in Figueredo's corner, saying it should have been, you know, a, a no contest. Forget that, man. That was a clean shot to the eye. You know, no doubt about it. It swelled up because it was a powerful shot, a very accurate shot. And Moreno's a good boxer, and he's a true champion. You know, this kid has literally came from the bottom of, 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 uh, of the Ultimate Fighter where he was the last place guy on the show, and he almost beat Alexander Pantoja in his first fight. He lost a battle, you know, and yeah. he was kicked out of the UFC. He comes back in. That's what the people UFC. want to see now, Marino versus exactly. uh, Pantoja. Three. <laughs> yeah, that, they're going to get that. It's a, that's a dangerous fight for Moreno. You know, Pantoja has his number. He's beaten him multiple times. He's going to be the more confident guy. Pantoja loves this fight because he thinks he's going to win this fight. You know, he's he's you know he's playing to God that he gets this fight and he got it and he has a chance to win it. It wouldn't be surprised if if I'll tell you what. loses his next fight. I'll tell you what, Jamal Hill versus Prochaska. That'll be a badass fight if that happens. That's got to happen. That's my only yeah, beef well, here. Like, I get it. All right, he's a champ, but. I'm not a fan of this interim stuff all the time, bro. You know what I mean? Like, to me, if a guy, because it's subjective, Matias, right? Sometimes they'll let a guy let, wait forever, and other guys, they just screw over if they don't like him right away. Well, we're not going to wait, right? <laughs> like, and it doesn't have to be a title fight all the time, right? Like, a fight's a good fight, right? But they come up with this interim stuff, so is Hill really the champion? Not really. You know what I mean? And I know it bothers the UFC when people say that. Um, but I'm not going to discredit him. You know what I mean? But I just don't like that. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, he, Prochaska didn't lose his belt, Matias. You know what I mean? He didn't lose it. You got to lose not to be the champion. That's that's the only thing that sort of bothers me. But 
whatever. Now you know, then they like it because it fills the whatever. And it gets confusing. There's interim of interim of interim champions and stuff, it seems. But at least after they get to unify these things, right? They can sell that to two champions going head to head. And that's what they can do here. And it will be a super yeah. sick fight if it happens. Like, that's something that, that's must-see TV because both those guys can bang. It's a matchup that fight fans deserve. It's a fa- it's a matchup that everybody wants to see. Like you said, they're both going to go in there and they're going to swing for the fences. But yeah, neither you know, guy is going to like play it safe. Like yeah, that's what like you know what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> like that's that's what and makes these guys good yeah. fighters. They're good technical strikers who are powerful. They know it's not it's not a fake thing to see these guys in there. Like these guys are really good. Pochaska and Hill are world class strikers that throw with power. They're elusive. They're excellent, and yeah, it's going to be a great fight to see, Gabe. Does Prochaska make it to that fight? That's the biggest thing. You know, that, that shoulder injury that he had is literally the worst thing that lots of fighters, include. and Dana White said that the UFC's ever seen. I, I was actually sitting next to his manager and one of his best friends at the, at the UFC 282, and he, and he couldn't stop talking about how, how great Jiri is and how he's going to get back in there, but the, he even said to me that this shoulder injury is really, really, really bad, and maybe he gets to fight again, you know, at, at the end of next year, and they're not even sure how the, the you know, how it, wow. it's going to turn yeah. out. That's why Jamal Hill is the guy right now because it's all up in the air. And you know how it is, Gabe. Once you hurt something that badly, you really don't know how it's going to really go after six months until you actually do something crazy in a position and rotate it away. It's not supposed to be turned again. You know, that thing could fall off the, you know, could fall off the bone right away again. You never know. It's crazy. All right, listen, Matthias, we've got updated numbers here with Rublev and Rune. So they're going to the fifth set. Rune got it done, 6-4. We're going to the fifth set. Rublev is plus 100. Rune is minus 125. What do you think? I'm going to go with Rublev. I mean, I'm going with Rune, Gabe. I'm going with Rune. Uh, Rublev cracks in these types of matches. He's done it in so many times. I, I, I got to go with Rune. And you know what? Rune not to close that out just now. Rublev had the chance to actually get back on there. And I know, I know. I don't know. I'm confused. I never got to play it. I did play uh, Roberto Batista. The late night anger management class. This is Portrait. I am RNC. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Level two continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. Philadelphia Eagles dominant performance last night over the New York Giants. The Giants now have a lot of question marks. And Daniel Jones was asked after the football game about his future. 
uh, with the Giants, and he was um, very noncommittal, to say the least. And this is always the chance that teams take when they go into a contract year uh, with a player. I would expect that Daniel Jones will be back with the New York Giants. This is one debate that I think I'll be on the right side of. Our boy Mo Khan and I was with us earlier. We didn't get to it tonight, but he always believed that they would make a QB change. Rick Saratella always believed, um, you know, didn't believe that Daniel Jones would be the quarterback in the future for the New York Giants. Like, where are they going to go? Right? Like, you know, it's just there's not that many available good quarterbacks. Like, there's, you know, we see. There's not enough quarterbacks to go around for 32 teams. So... When you have one, you don't want to let him go. Daniel Jones, though, I think is in a situation where, for him, it's just about the money. I think ultimately I'm not a capologist and a cap expert, and, you know, we can get into the games that they could play and stuff, but because there's, there's a lot of different options the Giants could, could go here. They could, like, offer him a contract for real. They could say, all right, listen, we're going to give you a five-year deal, and we're going to give you this much money. They could franchise tag him. They could use the non-exclusive rights franchise tag on him. But a thing with the non-exclusive rights franchise tag, it allows him to tell other teams what he's getting, and they can offer, they can match it. Right? The Giants are in a weird situation here. They're going to have to pay Daniel Jones like $35 million a year. That's what we're getting at. Bring it. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.